0: Welcome to the Bedford First Assembly of God podcast. We hope you enjoy this week's message. We'd love to hear what God is doing through this ministry. If you have a story to share, send us an email at connect at bedfordfirstag.org. Also, feel free to visit our website at bedfordfirstag.org. You can view the live stream of our services and find out more about our church. Thanks for listening. It's good to be with you. Happy Mother's Day. Okay, that was weak. Happy Mother's Day! Whew. It's good to be with you. Now, you notice my wife is standing behind me. So, we are going to do this morning something we've never done before. It's dangerous territory. We're going to tag team preach this message, and so I'm going to get out of the way because Amy gets to start this morning.
1: Well, good morning. It's awesome to be with you today, and happy Mother's Day. This is another big day. I feel like we've had lots of big moments in the last just few weeks. So it's really exciting. So thank you for coming and celebrating with us today. I was thinking while we were worshiping this morning that Mother's Day invokes lots of emotions. For different people, it invokes different things. There's joy in the gifts that we've been given in our children um, and what a gift they are. They truly are gifts to us. But there's also sadness in those that are waiting. Still to have children. There's sadness in those that have lost some children already ahead of them. There's sadness in those that have lost their mothers already. And there's sadness in some who don't have their children sitting beside them this morning. Or even sitting in a church anywhere this morning. So I just wanted to recognize before we get started this morning that I realize that uh, Mother's Day is a joyous day. But it also has some other emotions that can be attached And um, I just want you to know that the Lord gave us this sermon this morning to speak to all of you. Whether you're sitting here this morning celebrating because of the gifts that you have um, that are maybe sitting next to you or sitting somewhere else that are incredible gifts. And our kids are gifts no matter where they are with the Lord. But also sadness sometimes if you've lost your mom or someone else. This morning I have an incredible Uh, gift with me this morning because my mama's here Mm -hmm. and I don't know how long it's been since I've been with my mom on Mother's Day but I can tell you it's been a very long time and uh, it is I'm sharing in the joy this morning Um, my oldest boy surprised me and showed up last night so our whole family's here this morning (laughs) so that's very exciting Um, but I wanted to thank you (laughs) I wanted to introduce the subject that we're sharing, talking about this morning. And we're talking about legacy. Legacy is defined by the long-lasting impact of a person's life. The legacy we want to talk about this morning is how there's many generations that are taught. There's many generations that are actively still participating, learning, creating, and being a part of a legacy. But it takes participation. Legacy doesn't just happen, um, but legacy matters. And this morning, I'm going to start by talking about my mom just quickly, because um, my mom represents a long legacy of loving and serving Jesus. Um, Her mom raised nine children. She had 10 children. She experienced the sadness that I'm talking about. Uh, She lost her 10th baby very shortly after she gave birth. Um, But she also had nine children that she raised, and many of them she raised on her own because she lost her husband early in life. And um, she drugged those babies to church, even when it didn't seem like it mattered. There's a lot of you who have little ones right now who are sitting next to you. And by the way, I just want you to know that we want your treasures to be sitting next to you this morning so you can see your heritage and your legacy next to you. And it's okay if they make a little bit of noise. It's not going to bother us. Um, You just let them be treasures next to you. Um, And that's just fine. But Mom carried on the legacy, and she continued it on. And then she passed on that legacy to us. There's four of us, and um, three of the four of us are in full-time ministry um, and one of them is also in lay ministry. And um, there are 14 grandchildren, and we just had our, our first great-grandbaby. Mom just had her first great-grandbaby the baby this past week. And there's many generations that she represents of loving and serving Jesus. And she taught us that we didn't just come to church to be served, but we came to serve. Um, we were there to do something to bless someone else. So this morning we're talking about legacy, the lasting impact of what comes behind us and how we affect what's in front of us mm. because we make a choice. Either the legacy continues with us, good or bad, or the legacy changes when we, and we make a decision of what that is. So, Mom, I just want to honor you this morning and I want my little girl to come with her to help her up the stage because she represents my legacy that I'm passing on. <clears throat> <clears throat> Happy Mother's Day! <laughs> Thank
0: you. you. Uh, there you go. Thanks Thank for passing you. on your legacy. Sure. I'm going to carry oh, that you? down for you. Oh. Okay.
1: We okay. just wanted her to. We're going to have a few of those, so it's okay. Bear with us. I won't make anybody talk.
0: I, I might. <laughs> I might. So I want you to open your Bibles with me to Psalms chapter seventy-eight as we were considering this subject this morning. Um, The Lord brought us to this verse, and there's a few principles that we want to, these verses that we want to pull out. Psalm chapter 78, we'll be reading from verses 5 to 7 this morning, um, that we felt like as we were praying through this morning, what are the things we want to emphasize when we think about great mothers, when we think about moms? I I don't know a mom who doesn't want to leave behind her something more than what she had. Uh, Great mothers... Uh, have certain characteristics. And as we were reading through these verses, it's not talking about a mother, but it be, there began to be some things that came out. And even in, in our message from the Lord this morning, I heard them reflected. Uh, I want to I appreciate uh, that word of the Lord this morning. It's always good as a preacher when you have a sermon ready and then someone gives a word that speaks into that. Lets, the Holy Spirit lets you know, hey, you're where you need to be. So I want to I affirm that encouragement this morning. We're going to start in verse... 5, we can throw that up there. The first part of verse 5 says this, he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Now, when the Lord brought me to this passage, I was like, okay, this seems weird. Lord, why are you talking about a guy, first off? Um, And and you'll see why we get there. But these are interesting words. I've underlined the words uh, established. I didn't underline established, but he established a testimony and he appointed a law in Israel. And I realize that these are important words. First, the word established means to set up, to raise up, to stand up, to confirm, and to make powerful. So when the Lord establishes something, he's setting it up, he's raising it up, he's standing it up, he's confirming it, and he's making it powerful. There's two other words that I were were caught by the word testimony in the word law. The word testimony is what we think of. It's a witness. It's a, it's a truthful story. Uh, whenever I hear the word testimony, I think of like somebody in court. Uh, Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth? And what follows is a story. Uh, my truthful story about what happened. So he says, in the life of Jacob, there is a truthful story. In the law of Israel, the law is a legal prescription of what must be done. This is a principle, a thing that we should do. So when I look at this, I realize Jacob and Israel are actually the same person. Jacob and Israel are the same person. So I, I, I summarize this to say that God has, is establishing here a story principle through the life of Jacob. And as I thought about this and prayed about this, it's interesting to me. It's not known as the nation of Abraham. It's not known as the nation of Isaac. It's known as the nation of Israel. Israel. That was interesting. That caught my attention because uh, because Israel, Jacob stroke Israel, was the third in the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He was one of the patriarchs is what they call him, one of the significant figures in the Old Testament. And out of his life, the Lord says, I've established a testimony and I've established a law, a a story principle. Jacob was a difficult child. His name literally means supplanter, a deceiver. He's not a fantastic kid out of the womb. Could you imagine every day? Good morning, Amy. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning, Grace, good morning, deceiver. Like that's literally his name. Sorry, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Ian is Ian's actually, I think, our most honest child, to a fault. Can you imagine every day being told, hey, you're a deceiver, hey, you're a supplanter, hey, you're a deceiver, hey, you're a supplanter. It'd be hard not to live up to that that reality when that's the name that is spoken over you day after day after day. And he was that. He ends up tricking his brother. He ends up deceiving his father to get the birthright. And that's a whole other sermon there. And and, and then he goes away to try and find some wives, and the deceiver gets deceived. He kind of receives that. And then he's on his way back, and he's about to go meet his brother, who he's deceived. He's worried about getting killed by his his brother because his brother is a dude and he is not. It's a scriptural term, dude. And he has this moment with Jesus. And he recognizes in this moment, I better hang on to this thing or I am in trouble. And so he wrestles with God. He gets a hold of God and he wrestles them. And they go back and forth. It says they go all night long. God even puts out his hip. He still doesn't let go. He hangs on. And at the end of it, God says to him, today I'm changing your name. I want you to see there's a spiritual principle that goes down there. Nobody else in Scripture gets a name change in the same way. Paul does But I think this is significant. He goes from being a deceiver to a father of nations. They are referred to as the people of Israel, the one who wrestled with God. That's what the direct translation means, one who wrestles with God, a nation who wrestles with God. So the reality is, is that this name change is a result of him carrying on and participating in the legacy of his father and his grandfather. It doesn't happen by accident. It happens because he grabs a hold of that legacy and takes it. Some of you are sitting in the space today and you have a legacy that you need to take a hold of. Some of you are sitting in the space and there's no legacy in front of you, but you're going to start a legacy. See, because there was an Abraham, then there was an Isaac, then there was a Jacob. Jacob's name is changed. This testimony, this law established in Jacob. In Israel, so what is God establishing?
1: God is establishing this morning several different things. One is that He loves stories of redemption. He loves redemption stories. He loves to change the names of those who wrestle with Him. You know, sometimes we have questions, sometimes we struggle a little bit, and we think, oh man, I'm so disappointing. God's not scared of your questions. Mm. And he's willing to wrestle with you. He's willing to answer those questions because he longs to begin and to continue legacy stories. He makes those stories out of our lives. The stories that we're talking about this morning aren't just stories, they're people's lives. Mm. And each of us represent one of those stories. This morning I want to honor somebody who um, represents a redemption story. Uh, When this person was young, she was brought to church by one of her grandmothers, saved at an early age in church, but then kind of Walked, didn't really walk away, but just didn't really follow the Lord particularly closely. When she was 12 years old, I believe, she came back to church, and she came to First Assembly of God, where she started to serve and love Jesus truly. And um, she had a choice at that time to either continue the legacy that her, I believe, great-grandmother started, and then maybe even her grandmother. And um, she chose to get saved when she was 12. And then she decided not just to be saved, but to pray for her family and to pray for her mama to also be saved. And within about 10 years, not only was her mom saved and at church with her, but about 50 of her Family members were also saved and serving and loving Jesus. This represents a long legacy of people who are following behind her and those who were in front of her. She could have chosen to just stay away, but she chose to redeem her story and to get saved and not only do that, but to pray for those who need, she wanted to follow with her. And so she prayed for her mom, who was Wanda Star, And she also... Um, prayed and came to church, and now her girls are following behind her. Bobby Haverly, will you come up here this morning? And her girls, if you're willing to, could also come with her this morning and honor her as she has started and has been continuing and redeeming her legacy. What a beautiful story to see all these girls. I'm not sure if you know these people, but Bobby Haverly leads our children's ministry this morning, which is one of the reasons why we wanted her in the service this morning, FYI. Also, her daughter Holly is leading in children's ministry with her, and Heidi is our uh, youth leader and our youth pastor in the church here this morning. What a beautiful legacy. She has a little girl, Brinley. Brinley, why don't you come up because you also make the story even better. She's not quite fully serving yet because she's a little girl, but she's already wanting to serve in every way that she possibly can. Isn't legacy a beautiful thing? Isn't beautiful that the Lord redeemed the story? I mean, Bobby could have just been that little 12-year-old girl who didn't come, but not only did she come, but she brought so many others behind her. What a beautiful story, Bobby! We honor you this morning. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day.
0: Happy Mother's Day. Just kidding. Ooh. So as we think about the life of Jacob, Israel, it's intentional that the Lord uses him. He loves redemption stories. And and I'm sure if we had time this morning, there would be over and over and over again redemption stories in this place. Our desire is not to suggest that Bobby is the only redemption story in the room, but she's representative of all of those redemption stories that are here. And if you're a mom this morning, I want to encourage you. God is not done until he's done. So if there's a need for a redemption story in your family, I want you to believe he's able and he's capable of doing that. I don't know what condition you've come in this morning. I saw someone in a pair of shorts this morning. Made my heart happy. I love people. I love people coming to church. So thank you for being here this morning. If you came only for your mom, praise the Lord for your mom. Because Jesus uses all the stuff that we are, all the things that we have to write incredible redemption stories. So as we look at these verses, the first thing I want you to see is that the thing that is established is a testimony, is a law, is a story principle that God loves redemption stories. I want us to to continue looking now at the end of verse 5 and into verse 6, and it says this, which he commanded our fathers to teach their children, these story principles, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. I want to stop there. This establishes a learning cycle. You see the word teach. You see the word know. This is a learning cycle. I did a little bit of study in in learning. And you have to have two parts when you have learning. First, you have to have someone teaching. This is the intentional process of passing on something to somebody else. When I go to school, there is an intentional process that they're trying to pass on to me something that they have learned. So when we talk about teaching, when he says that this is the thing established in Jacob, appointed in Israel. Then he commands them to teach their children. This is an intentional process of passing on this redemption story principle. He chose Jacob and Israel because he wanted us to remember God loves redemption stories, and we need to pass on that truth to those that follow us. We must be consistent, and we must be repetitive. I know several of you are teachers, and especially those of you that teach small children, you go over it, you go over it, you go over it, you go over it, because repetition is the best way to teach. So this story is repeated over and over and over. That's one side. The second side is the learning. Transformation, learning happens when somebody is transformed, when they've taken it in. Just because I understand something doesn't mean I've been changed by something. That word that was know that was in that scripture to know it means to understand it deeply, to have a firm grasp of it, to have taken it in. It's this idea that when we know something that we perceive it, we understand it, we acknowledge it, we've experienced it. This redemption story, this story principle is not just something to be read about, it's something to be perceived, to be understood, to be experienced. This redemption story is for us to establish not just for ourselves, but to pass on to those that go behind us. This learning cycle is not just about us, but it's to be passed on beyond us. So what effect should this story principle have on us?
1: I want to mention that this morning... We are giving away the little gift that we have made this morning Uh, we chose because it goes along with what we're talking about because it it shows how we pass on things and we teach our children something one of the things that my mom taught me to do was how to bake i love to bake i love to cook i love to serve people and give things to them and when i was thinking about what could we do that that we could bless each woman in this place today with Um, I struggled, to be honest. I'm thinking a bookmark or whatever, and then as we were working on this sermon, I remembered that my mom had taught me to bake, and it would be interesting to bake something for each of you with my mom, and with my daughter who have uh, who are with me so that we can illustrate to you that um, we must be teaching all the time, not just things about the Lord, but everything in life. We're constantly teaching our kids. We teach I tease my mom because, you know, I feel like I'm a grown woman now. I'm 50 now. But she's still teaching me all the time. And every once in a while, I'll tease her, and she'll say, honey, I'm always teaching. (laughs) And so when I started to think about this, I thought, she's always teaching. So I don't care how old you are. You can always be taught more. But this morning, as you leave, I want you to, at the door will be some beautiful children who will be handing you, each of you, a muffin with a little recipe, because we pass on recipes um, to each other and to our children. So there's a recipe for the muffin that you'll be eating, and there's a little tag that Grace handwrote for each of you this morning that says, Happy Mother's Day. So this was a participation of the legacy living in our house. Uh, it started really fun and ended not as fun, I'll be honest, but it was still <laughs> a really awesome thing <laughs> that we illustrated this morning, but that is... Uh, there's many things that we're teaching, and there's many things that hopefully we're learning um, along the way. So what I do now is built upon those have come before me. It matters who came before you. It matters who's coming after you. So what do I do now? What I do now, I must keep in mind about those who are coming after me. It's not just about what's, in, what's behind you. It's what's in front of you. It's what am I teaching? It's great that my mom taught me, but if I don't ever teach grace, then it stops. The legacy is meant to continue and to keep living on. But if I don't continue teaching, I can't only learn. I have to also be teaching. It has to go both ways, okay? And so what I do now may begin, and it may continue the legacy of God's promise. We're all at different spots But all of us have a role to play. And what I do now continues. And this morning I want to honor somebody who has a mom who faithfully served for many, many, many years and is still alive and serving and loving the Lord today. And she has been serving and teaching and loving children for many, many years and has taught her own children. And those children are also teaching and loving children and others in the church. And then also their children are starting to teach. I want to honor Vicki Wagner this morning because for many, many years she's been teaching. Her daughter Heather has taught most of you in this place. Lindsay loves to participate, too. If you're, if you're one of the girls and you're willing to come, you can come. I will not force you to come. Um, but I think it's a beautiful testimony to see all the girls that come behind you, Vicki. And um, so we want to honor you this morning and all of your girls who are faithfully serving. Even Lily. They've got four generations already serving. Lily serves in Children's Church as well already. So we love you, Vicki. Thank you. Thank you. Which one? Which one? There are so many people that are in this place this morning that we could honor. We want to show the generations and let you know, but you have to make a choice. You have to be active in it yourself and you have to be willing to carry it on and maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, wow, I have a beautiful heritage and you're thinking, well, what am I doing to carry that on? We want to stir up that um, interest and that excitement on what you're going to do to carry on that legacy to keep it going.
0: We absolutely recognize that the Wagners are not the only family in the church that has more than one generation. If you're here, and, 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 and I know there are some of you that have family members in other churches, and that's okay, but if you're here and there's more than one generation with you in church this morning. Would you stand? We just want to recognize you, and, and come on, don't be afraid. Stand up. Just stand where you are. If you have more than one, okay, there's like three of us. I'm looking at you. I'm going to start calling names. There's more than one generation that's been faithful in this church. Thank you so much. And I recognize some of you have, you can be seated, some of you have family members serving elsewhere. Uh, Vicky's. My eldest daughter, Heather, in case you don 't know her and her husband pastor, so they couldn 't leave their church to be here this morning as much as I tried to get them to do they wouldn't do it, but we are we, we believe that this story of redemption, this story, this principle, should be taught over and over and over again because that 's what sets him apart. He redeems things he 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 renews Things. That's what I love about Jesus. It's why I worship Him. It's why we sing hallelujah to Him. Because He has established the testimony and the law and the life of Jacob Israel, which is a law of redemption. And He challenges us to keep it going over and over and over again. But we're not done with this verse yet. If you go to verse 7... He gives the purpose, the why we should do that. So he said he's established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which he commanded our fathers to teach their children. That the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children. So, so that, it begins, so that... They should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. There's a reason that we keep promoting this redemption story. There's a reason that we keep rehearsing this story. There's a reason that we keep emphasizing this story. It's so that they set their hope in God and that they do not forget His works But they keep His commandments. I've underlined words there that I think are important. The first one is to set our hope on the Lord. This word hope. I'm very tempted to call on Barry King to ask him what the word hope means, but I'm not going to. We talked about hope on Wednesday night, and I asked Barry, and he gave me a good answer. Hope. What does it mean to hope? Oftentimes we use that term to express a wish. I hope I get something good for Christmas. I hope I get a nice gift. I hope they do something nice for me. I hope they recognize me. It's it's in our English right now, it means almost a wish, but that's not what it means in Scripture. In Scripture, it means a confident expectation. It means I'm not wishing it will happen. I actually know it's going to happen. I know that Pastor Chris is going to call somebody out on Sunday morning, so I'm not going to church there anymore. No, I'm confidently expecting this. So why we rehearse this story is so that our children, so that those who come behind us will set their hope, set their expectation, set their confidence, set their belief in God that they will set it upon him, that they will lay it upon him, that they'll say, okay, God, I'm going to give you my life. I'm going to give you my hope. I'm going to give you my expectation. The reason we rehearse the story is because we want those after us to do what we've done, which is not be perfect, but have perfectly put our hope, our expectation, our confidence in Jesus. So the first thing, the first purpose is that we would set our hope, The second one, that we would not forget the works of God. I read this and I thought, shouldn't that be the other way around? I remember His works so I can put His hope in. But if you don't set your hope on Him, you don't actually believe in Him and what He's done, then you'll never remember what it is that He has done because you don't believe He's done it. There's a lot of people who believe the Bible is full of myths and fairy tales. And that's another sermon series for another time. But the reality is once we know Him, then we believe what it is that He's done. I've met Him, so now I can believe these stories about Him. You know, sometimes it's hard to believe the stories about somebody until you meet them and then you realize, yep, okay, those stories are true because I've met Him already and I can see that in my brief encounters with Him that these things are right and true. And so it says they want to set their hope in God. We've rehearsed him enough. We've talked about how he's redeemed us. We've talked about how he's restored us. We've talked about how he's changed our name to those that follow after us enough that they say, you know what, if my mom or my dad or my uncle or my aunt or my Sunday school teacher or the person I go to church with tells me enough times that you can put your hope and trust in Jesus, then you know what, maybe I'm going to put my hope and trust in Jesus. And when you do that, then you meet him and suddenly you realize this somebody is like nobody else that I've ever met before. He changes everything. And so I now not only don't forget Him, but I actually believe Him in the first place. I believe that he did what it is that he said he did, and therefore I will believe that he will do what it is that he said he will do. That's where you get the second part. But keep his commandments. I keep them because I've met him, because I know him, because he's faithful, because I've remembered what he has done. I see his promises, I know what he is going to do, and so I continue to walk with him because I deeply believe what it is that he said. See, there's a journey, there's a process in all of us that I see reflected in these verses. He's establishing the purpose. Why is this testimony and this law in Jacob Israel? Because Jesus loves redemption stories. I don't care how far gone you are. I don't care how bad you've been. I don't care what your baggage is. Jesus can deal with all of it. Question is, will you let him? Will you invite him in? Will you get to know him? Will you set your hope on him? Will you see what it is he has done that gives you faith to continue forward with him to see what he will do? So what now? What do we do now, babe? What do we do?
1: So some of you need to continue the legacy. Maybe you already are. Maybe you have already been, or maybe you have always been. And so you need to continue that legacy. You need to be reminded every once in a while how important it is, how important your role really is. You know, sometimes we can get comfortable and, oh, we just go to church because we go to church because we're supposed to, because my mom told me to, and because I always have. But we don't want you to just continue the legacy because it's what you're supposed to do. We want you to have a deep desire. To have an incredible personal relationship with Jesus Christ that pushes you to experience that kind of hope so that you can pass that on to those that are coming behind you so you can continue the legacy. Or some of you are thinking, I'm sitting here this morning and I can't think of one person in my family that's saved. Or one person in my family that loves Jesus or somebody, maybe you're just not in the spot where you feel like you're continuing a legacy. Some of you maybe need to start your own legacy. Mm. It starts with somebody. You know, a lot of, um, we're highlighting women this morning because it's Mother's Day and because they deserve to be honored and women can have their day. And a lot of times, I'll be honest, it's the grandmas or the moms that put in the hard work Mm. of getting all the kids ready and dragging them to church and maybe their their husbands came or didn't come but sometimes it really takes a lot of effort and when you're gone out of service half of the service because your kid has to go to the bathroom and now they drink need a drink of water or now they need whatever you think is it worth it i can remember many sundays and i was a pastor's wife that i thought why am i even here Because it matters, because you're part of the legacy. That's right. So you continue the legacy. You continue dragging your tired body out of bed and trying to get those babies a bath real quick before they get to church on Sunday because it matters. It does. Because you're part of the legacy. That's right. Maybe you're in a situation where your grandma prayed for many, many years, or maybe your mom or someone else in your family prayed, and it took you a while to come to church. And you're trying to think this morning why you're even in church but it's because you're going to start that legacy. And there's someone this morning that I want to honor, and her grandma was very faithful, and she prayed for years. And, uh, and several, several years ago, Jill Evans made a choice to follow her grandma's legacy, but she had to start her own legacy for her own family. And she, uh, just about um, five or so years ago, her mom started coming to church with her, and then the legacy was in their own immediate family. And she's carrying on that legacy right now with Cooper, and they're serving Jesus together in church. And what a beautiful thing it is that she has made the decision not to just um, sit back, but to carry on a new legacy that she's created in her own immediate family. It doesn't have to be five generations standing with you this morning to honor Jesus and to have a legacy, a beautiful legacy. So this morning, Jill, if you'll come forward and Cooper can come with you, I want to honor Jill for starting that legacy in her family. You know, there are so many in church that have served faithfully for a long time. I was thinking this morning of those that are still teaching that taught my kids when they were little small kids. And probably long before that even. I can think of the Godsees who were very faithful for many years um, Dorothy and uh, Cheryl both were many, 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 many years teaching. I know Terry Meadows and her girls now have followed behind her and they're teaching, but Terry um, and the Godsie ladies and Sherry Brown were all my kids' teachers uh, when they were little kids, and they're all still teaching and actively today. I think the Godseys might have possibly retired, but they're still very active doing other things in the church. But what a beautiful thing that it doesn't matter the age that we are, It doesn't matter how many years that we've given, but there's still people who are faithfully serving and giving and those that are following behind them see that it matters. It matters that we continue and that we carry the legacy. It matters that we're following our moms and our grandmas and our aunts and our um, other family members' examples and we're carrying on and continuing a legacy. So wherever you are this morning in this line, whatever your story is this morning, You can choose to continue your legacy or you can choose to start a legacy if you get to be the first one. And either way, it's a beautiful story that you're writing.
0: I would like to close this morning by praying. I realize some of you are in shock because it's quarter to 12. I took 15 minutes last week. I'm giving it back this week, so we're good. It's even. No, we, we know it's Mother's Day. We know there are things going on. But this morning... I want our church to be a place where God regularly takes <coughs> excuse me, and writes out of the stories of our lives, these beautiful stories, these stories of redemption, these stories of resurrection, these stories of strengthening, these stories of hope. I want us to be a place that has set our hope on God a place that remembers what it is that He has done and then walks in His commandments, not because we're holier than anyone else, but because we're like Jacob, because we're like Israel, because our names have been changed, because that's the story that He wants to write with each one of you. This morning, I want to close in a word of prayer for our mothers. If you're near a mother today, I'm hoping you're near your mother but you may not be near your mother today. But if you're near your mother, I want you to get a hold of your mother in the nicest way possible. Put your arm around her. Get your hands on her. Surrogate mothers, count. If you're near somebody who maybe is a mother, but their children are not here, I want you to snuggle up next to them. I want us to pray for just a moment for these women who have given themselves. When I think about my mother, my mother was here a few weeks ago. I wish I could grab my mom this morning. Tell her that I love her. Tell her that it's okay. She yelled, Christopher, come here. <laughs> you know, it's, as you get older, you begin to realize, you know what? My mom wanted my story to be a redemption story. My mom tried her best and, and, and succeeded in passing on that legacy to me because she wanted me to set my hope on God she wanted me to remember everything that he's done she wanted me to keep walking forward in his commandments and if there's a a godly mother in the room this morning she wants the same thing for her children she'll fight for that she'll work for that she'll toil for that that's the kind of place I want to be and that's the kind of place I want to go to church in people doing that same same thing would you bow your heads with me this morning as we pray father we thank you for the opportunity to gather together lord to gather together and to worship you lord to to praise your name to be in your presence lord we've heard from your word this morning lord and it amazes me you used jacob you used israel as a testimony, as a law, because you love redemption stories, and in all of us, you're writing a redemption story. But Lord, I'm so thankful for those mothers this morning that have written redemption stories out of their own lives, that are writing redemption stories out of their own lives, that are believing for redemption stories for their families. Father, I pray that you would bless each mother in this room this morning. Whatever it is that they have need of, will you bless them? For some, this is a happy day, a joyous day. For others, this is a difficult day. Father, I pray that you would give them peace or that you would give them joy. Lord, in spite of circumstance in some cases, Father, I pray that you would bless them in accordance with the blessing that they have been to us. Father, I pray as we get up and leave this place, as we go and do whatever it is that we're going to do this afternoon, Father, I pray that we would take a moment and we would honor the mothers in our midst. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Father, will you take your word, let it settle, that we would all invest ourselves in allowing you to write redemption stories out of our lives, and that we would rehearse with those around us what you've done so that everyone would set their hope in you, would remember your good works, and that we would all endeavor to keep your commandments. Father, go with us as we leave this place, we ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. I want to remind you ladies on the way out to pick up your muffin, you are not allowed to share that with anyone else in your family. I'm telling you, tell them no. God bless you as you go this morning.